Welcome to the WCS Voices Podcast, conversations on education and community, where we bring you insightful discussions, expert insights, and inspiring stories from educators, students, and parents in Wood County and beyond. I'm Eric Murphy. And I'm Jimmy Stewart. We also joined today by Joanna Mulligan, who is a curriculum coordinator for Wood County Schools. And we're going to be talking uh, today to presenters for this summer's Teaching and Learning Academy, which is titled The Whole Child. It will be at Williamstown High School, and it will run from July 17th through the 21st. We have several renowned uh, keynote speakers this summer as well. We're very excited about. Uh, The first one we'll tell you about is Aida Rattel, and she is looking at teaching with clarity in mind. We have Dr. Karen Karp, assisting students who struggle with mathematics. We also have Dr. Timothy Rosinski, the science of teaching reading fluency. And finally, Dr. Meryl Winston, the return of Darth Task Evader. So joining us today, we have Kristen Alodi from Jackson Middle School. We have Doug Parks from Parkersburg South High School. Cherish George, also from Jackson Middle School. We have Greg Merritt, who's a retired Wood County Schools educator. And we have Dina Toole from Van Devender Middle School. First up, we are talking to Kristen Alodi and Doug Parks. Welcome. Uh, so, Doug and Kristen, we have uh, your course that you're teaching um, this summer. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Absolutely. So, the title of our session is Arts Integration, How to Build a Thriving Arts Program and Integrate Arts Across the Curriculum. And really, the title kind of says it all right there. Uh, the idea, and we're talking about the whole child. And if yeah, we fits do, right in fits right in with that, with that idea of across the curriculum, so many things come into the arts, all of your aspects, and we want to kind of look at those and show how arts programs can play a role in every single classroom. It doesn't really matter, and so, Doug? Absolutely. I, just being able to build that whole child, I think giving them the uh, creativity, the, learn the learning the leadership, things like that, I think, come from the arts programs, and I think that's what would be beneficial for those attending the workshop. I, I was reading your um, your description in the program for the summer, and um, it mentions that you guys will be talking about some scientific studies um, that, that show the academic benefits. Well, there are tons of scientific studies that have been done about the benefits of the arts in your other cl- in classroom, in your core subjects. Uh, it you know, science shows that students who are in music programs, who are part of theater programs, who learn those core values in there, um, also markedly do better on, you know, summative assessments and just general tests and things like that. So uh, we'll, we'll share some of that information with them so they Very can good. go back, yeah. especially when you're trying to pitch this to administrators mm-hmm. and things like that. It helps to be able to show into your community, show just how valuable uh, programs can be. Absolutely. Uh, why do we want students to learn some of this material? 
I like there's the takeaway for the students being learning to communicate in front of others or being able to get up in front of others and speak and um, just the organization learning organizational skills and prior prioritizing things. And I think one of the best things is especially in theater, but uh, every part you know choral programs, instrumental programs, um, in theater especially, there's something for everyone. If you're mm -hmm. the kid who doesn't want to get up on stage and is scared half to death to be up there, there's something for you to do. There's something, something for you to do, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Maybe you're great at building. Maybe you yeah. have incredible creativity to uh, paint, Build costuming. Props. And you want to contribute, but some of it is not your cup of tea, but part of it is. But there's something for Absolutely. you, right? Yeah. And then it shows that, you know, how valuable every single person is and how every single That's aspect right. is to show you know, that teamwork aspect that is just so valuable in everyday life, in your job market today, everything. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think it's really important um, when you talk about all those different tasks. As teachers, you know, one thing that we really do is we teach our kids to collaborate, work in project groups, and they have to. That um, collaboration, of course, really plays out in the arts. But then that transfers over to later in life because it doesn't matter Absolutely. what you're going, what kind of career you're going into. We live in a world now where you have to collaborate. That's just part of what we do. Exactly. And you don't just learn that on your own. I mean, some of us do, um, but we actively work with our kids and teach that. And I think this is a perfect example uh, in the arts where you talk about, um, you know, some that like like to be up on that stage. Others would hate that, right. but they love the creative aspect in the background. And it's just as valuable as the Absolutely. person who's standing on the stage. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that's really important for everybody to get. I mean, in the theater program at South, we have everybody from the football player to the band kids to the yeah. academic kids to um, even some, you know, some special needs kids that wouldn't do anything otherwise. So, And it's the same with like choral programs. Uh, it, everyone can participate. There's something for everyone. Instrumental right. programs, there's something for everyone. So uh, your arts classes uh, at the high school level, at the middle school level, at the elementary school level, it really, there's something for everyone to be able to do, and you can integrate it into every single classroom. But it's not just the students. I think it's also a great lesson for the teachers as well because you uh -huh. collaborate all the time. Right. Sure. You know, so the things that we're going to talk about, you don't, can apply to yourself as well in your classroom and how you set up things and also apply to your students at the same time. That's right. Well, and I think you and I, right. being, I mean, we've worked a lot together this year and mm -hmm. it's been really... Beneficial. Yeah, it's yes. been really beneficial from being on north side and south side and me having the high schoolers and her having and the middle, school middle schoolers. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sees beyond all division and lines. That's right. So That's I think... Right you know, having the two of us up there and being, just us being able to show how we've collaborated mm -hmm. this past year has been, will be beneficial to you. And a plan is to do some exercises that you'd be able to use in your classroom, but also be able to give um, some, obviously in the short amount of time we have, we couldn't do everything, right. but to give some examples and just kind of get the ball rolling for people. And this isn't going to be the only one that we're going to be doing. Right. For going to continue through I think oh excellent through the following year after yes. and do some more things and we're attending some furthering you know education things to be able to do so as well great great 
That's great. That's no. That's so that they know then that you're going to be following up. That they can be not only yeah, it, participating in that the first time, but you're going to have uh, follow up sessions, and you're also going to be learning more and more as yeah. right. this so time we can goes bring on. Back and share. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. So, who would be interested in attending your session this summer? What kind of teacher? I mean, I, I'm already. I'm going to guess at what your answer is going to be, but everyone, everyone, yeah, (laughs) that's what I would think. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I think it is. uh, Just like we said, there's something for every student. There's something for every teacher. So we're talking pre-K, kindergarten, all the way up to. We're hoping to be able to to have something for everybody to take back. It's all adaptable. Very good. Very good. You know, so there really is something for everyone. Yes, and a place that they can all be accepted. That's right. And, and this day and time, it's, that's something very important. Yes, absolutely. So, yes. Well, Kristen and Doug, we really appreciate you guys coming in and talking today. Thanks and for having us. Sharing about the summer. We're all yeah, very excited you. about the, yeah, the, the sessions so going on this summer. We expect to see you guys at our session. Well, we'll be out there. We'll be out all there right. every day. We're even <laughs> teaching a course ourselves. So, um, yes, we'll definitely there see you go. there. So, thank you guys for coming in. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Now we're talking to Cherish George, and she's from Jackson Middle School, and she is doing um, something on STEAM this summer. Cherish, I am so excited for your session. Will you tell us a little bit about what the course you're teaching this summer is? Yeah, I have titled the course, Have No Fear, STEAM is Here. Um, In case you're not aware, there's a big, huge push nationwide, even countywide now on STEAM, and I have found that in my years of teaching, that there is a lot of um, fears about it, how to teach it, how to grade it, um, how much time it takes, where to start. And so this um, session is going to be designated to eliminate some of those fears and show teachers, any teacher, any content area, how to implement STEAM into everyday classroom settings with using the simplest of materials that can probably be already found in their classrooms or in their schools. That makes so much sense. I think we talk about it a lot, but it's kind of a scary thing because it's so different sometimes from the way we normally organize materials and grading. Like you said, that's a huge thing. So kind of if there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, I am. You know, we have a a diverse audience, a lot of different listeners. And so some listeners might not be very familiar with STEAM. Um, If, if, um, what would be an example of like a STEAM lesson that you would do? Kind of give them a picture of what this looks like. Oh, for example, a STEAM lesson is primarily targeting a hands-on approach to learning okay. and a real-world approach as well as connecting to the community. Okay. So I'll give an example of one I did in the past. And I knew in math class, my students were working on calculating percents. All right. And I knew that one of the growing issues in our community was homelessness. So yeah. I reached out to the sergeant major at the time at the Parkersburg Salvation Army, and he came in and he uh, spoke with my students about the percent of population in Wood County that were homeless versus yeah. this entire state versus the nation. And so the kids were challenged with calculating percents of people Okay. just in our school, who would classify as homeless, right. as well as learning the true definition of homelessness. And then I challenged the kids, you know, if you were homeless and you only had these materials to protect your feet from, you know, all different types of weather 
and what would you build and how yeah. would you build it and mm. please build it. So they constructed um, shoes out of trash, basically. Okay. And they had to test them. So every hour for so many hours, they had to record their observations. So it's just giving them the opportunity to um, design, build with no instruction. They had no instruction on how to build the shoes, what materials to use. So they had to. So a lot of collaboration. Yeah. Very open ended. Mm -hmm. Like they could have. They could have, uh, I mean, the materials they chose to use versus how they built them, what kind they built. And then they tested them. And I would have kids come back and say, okay, these are, like, falling apart at the toe. Can I reinforce them? Or these are falling apart at the heel. Can I do this? Or I stepped in water, and these are, you know, soaking through. I need to fix them. So it's teaching kids that failure is okay. Exactly. This class, I love STEAM because that's when they learn that it's, Failure is not bad. Failure is the heart of learning. Yes. It is. And so that's what I love about it. So it's a lot of problem solving. Mm -hmm. It teaches kids to problem solve. Yes. Yeah. When, when, you know, our kids get out of school, um, you know, you read all the time about corporations. One of the things that they need in um, their new employees is they need the ability to problem solve. And this is... Not only is this something that helps teach that, but it's interesting to the kids. It's fun. They get to create. They get to use their strengths. They get to um, collaborate with one another where one might be really strong with something artistic. Someone else is real strong in engineering and Mm -hmm. trying to design something. Absolutely. It also makes me think about how lucky we are to have such a strong community because I know in several projects I've been able to see your classes work um, there's this, been this connection to someone in our community so that they can see kind of like, why am I learning this? Why does this matter? How, what are the supports? There's just so much more that goes That's right. into it and, yeah. and takes that learning, which in and of itself is huge, but just brings it out into the community so that um, our students know they've got a huge support in Wood County behind their learning. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So who would be interested in attending this session this summer? Uh, what kind of teacher, or is it just anybody? This session is open to uh, teachers grades 3 through 9, okay. and I'm hoping that it's just not math and science teachers. Right, right. I really want some language arts teachers, some social studies teachers, some special ed teachers. Um, they need to see that this can happen in, in their class. And oftentimes, like the my colleagues and friends that I've taught with over the years that are afraid of STEM or STEAM, Mm -hmm. they're already doing some stuff, and they're just not identifying it. it. And I just want to encourage them um, that they can do it. They'll have fun doing it. The biggest biggest challenge is letting go (laughs) because I'm kind of a perfectionist so if I'm doing something I have a way in my head I want it done and when I see kids doing it differently sometimes I like have to bite my tongue and just let them run with Mm -hmm. it and they have surprised me time and time again but that was my biggest challenge and hopefully you know if these teachers come and they can walk away a little bit less stressed a little bit more open-minded more ideas about how to get something going Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's I think it's great with um, in STEAM programs watching kids, like you say, des- design things, pick their materials, because they're going to see what the other groups are doing. They're going to see 
Well, first of all, they're going to see if something failed. If they're building a bridge and it falls, then they have to figure out, well, how am I going to make this so it works right? But they're going to kind of learn from all the other groups that are around, figuring out what they're doing. Why is their bridge so much stronger than mine? So they teach each other. So I think that's a really important thing, too. Absolutely. I agree. Well, Cherish, we really appreciate you coming in today, and we're looking forward to this uh, this session this summer. Um, so, again, the, the sessions are going to be July 17th through the 21st at Williamstown High School, and um, we're really looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Thank you. We're now joined by Greg Merritt. Greg Merritt is a retired Wood County educator, and we're joined by Dina Toole. Dina is a middle school science teacher at Van Dievender Middle. And both of them are also participating in the Teaching and Learning Academy. Um, Greg is going to represent um, a session uh, in math, and Dina's going to represent a session in science. So, Greg, uh, what, what is the course that you're teaching this summer? Uh, I am teaching the bar model this summer, which is actually split into two sessions. And uh, Candace has recommended that... So this is Candace Lewis. Yes, Candace yeah. has recommended... coordinator. She's recommended that people attend both sessions. Okay, all right. Why? So I, I was looking uh, beforehand at, at the bar model a little before, and, I, and I, you, you definitely... I noticed in your, the program, the guide um, explanation, it talks about it being an Asian um, strategy, and um, the information online talked a lot about that. But why is this important? Why do you think this is good for kids to learn? Um, I first learned about the bar model when I was preparing to teach a series of graduate courses called Thinking Math. And then in conjunction with that, I took a course called Singapore Math, which basically was a full day of the bar model. Okay. And uh, according to the research I've seen, the bar model is used very, very commonly in Japan, Hong Kong, and Singapore. It's a very effective tool that helps students sort of understand and plan a solution for story problems. It seems like a lot of the Asian style of teaching in math revolves around story, which is a little different than how we teach here in the, in the U.S. The bar model is found in U.S. textbooks. Sometimes it's called the tape model, but it's presented as a strategy on some random Thursday twice a year okay. rather than being something yeah. that children sort of have ingrained as a good strategy. That their brain goes right to. Right, starting yeah. in kindergarten all the way through um, algebra and um, algebra two. So... As I have shared the bar model over the years with teachers in professional development settings and when I've been in classrooms showing the bar model, uh, I used to work for Wood County Schools as an instructional coach, so I often have the opportunity to show it at Hamilton Middle, at Parkersburg High, at Parkersburg South. I find that students don't immediately love it. But once they've solved a few problems using the bar model, everybody says, this makes so much more sense yeah. than any other strategy I've ever used. Wow. So that's why I want to share it with teachers this summer. Yeah, I mean, a lot of kids have trouble with story problems. I mean, it's, they, they aren't always easy. Yeah, and a lot of teachers will say, I don't like to use story problems because my students struggle with reading. Right. So what the bar model does is it really takes 
that away. It takes that anxiety away because you can uh, assign bars, which are literally the shape of a rectangle. Uh, you assign these to the numbers in the problem. It helps you to make sense of what is what the problem is asking. For example, is it a missing add-end? Is it something where you should do multi-steps? And then in the end, your ability to read well is not as important as your ability to understand what the problem is asking. And so often in math, that's where the breakdown is. Students don't know what's being asked of them. I really like the bar model. When uh, Candace Lewis asked me about presenting this summer, I suggested a session. And I said, I would like to have the whole day. <laughs> Candace politely, with a smile on her face, said no. She said, but you can have two sessions. So I yeah. think we'll, we'll fill those sessions up with lots of good stuff. It sounds, sorry to jump in. It's no, jump right in. It sounds like a really good um, tool that's going to help a lot of students um, kind of get back on level too, which is a lot of our goal. I think so. Which, you know, uh, of course, is going to find its way in the science world as well. Right. I yeah, mean, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. You know, when I was when I was looking at it, trying to understand it a little bit more, I mean, the word that came to my mind was visualizing. Yes. Um, you know, they had some examples where, just like you said, just a bar, uh, they, they broke down the word problem and put all the information um, in bars and numbers, and it... it a lot of times what kids have trouble with is so much information in the word problem. How do I organize this in my brain? How do I understand this? It's so much. And this, yes, it's too much sometimes. And, and what I understood from this is it helped me visualize that information that's in the word problem much easier than just sort of taking the information as it is. I think that's a good description. It really is an organizational tool. Yeah. Uh, becoming proficient with the usage of the bar model does not necessarily mean you know the answer to every math problem quickly. But it does help you to organize your thinking and it does help you to uh, understand what a, what is being asked. A I was just gonna ask, who, who would be the best audience? Yep, and, and I say K through 12. K through 12. I, I love it when I have a kindergarten teacher sitting beside of a um, algebra teacher, sitting beside of a special ed teacher. Yeah. I think the conversations they have are uh, profoundly important and helpful in sort of understanding the oh. breakdown of, of where we have trouble with math in this county. Yeah, You definitely yeah. sold me, uh, especially being a science teacher, because I do a lot of <laughs> math in my classroom. Yeah. yeah, of course. My friend Robin Stout used to always say, math is the language of science. Yeah, yeah. that is so true. That is so true. Yeah. I was thinking, Eric, that um, as you talked about how this bar model helps students kind of make sense of an overload of information. It actually made me think a little bit about Dina's session because um, we are so lucky to have some really wonderful curricular resources in Wood County. And yes, her session are. is going to focus on what's available for our middle school science teachers. And lots of times when we have new materials that have come in, teachers feel that same, where do I start? How yeah. do I make sense of everything that we have to offer? Yeah, so, so much information. That's right. Yeah, so I thought Dina might want to share a little bit about her course this summer. Yeah. yeah, sure, I can do that. Um, so the course that I'm going to focus on is teaching middle school science. Last year, we um, had a committee who chose the new science textbooks over the next five years in the county. And we went with the uh, Savis Pearson um, 
it, textbooks. It's definitely different than what we had last time. Um, and I know I've seen, I've gone to trainings this whole entire year for the Sabbath um, textbook that we have now. <coughs> and a lot of teachers are very confused. It's very integrative with technology. Um, so I'm really, really excited and passionate about the the materials that we have that we chose, um, it is definitely a higher level thinking. Uh, you get into those critical thinking questions. There's a lot of sure. math problems within the books. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to try to help our teachers understand how to teach the content we're given um, because it is overwhelming. There are so many resources within this one Savas platform. Um, I think teachers just get overwhelmed yeah. and you know choose the easier well, part of what to do. Let me ask you before we get too far into this. So what, what, um, so it's be middle school, sixth mm-hmm. to eighth grade, sixth to eighth grade. Okay. Yes. And I think you're right. And I think Joanna's right that it's just, it's a lot of information. Yeah. Especially when you get a whole new curriculum, yeah. um, that you haven't seen. And you said that there's a lot of, um, technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you characterize that a little bit for us? So they have what is called interactivities for the students that can be done independently, um, or as a whole class. You, okay. it's really flexible in how you want to teach it and how you want to take that content and make it fit to your classroom. Nice. So that sort of gives the teacher, depending choice. on your style. Yeah. A, a choice Absolutely. of how you want to present the information. Right. Very right. good. Very good. Yeah. Now that everybody has had these this last year to go through it, it'll be nice for teachers to be able to come together and say, this is what really worked for me. Right. This yeah. is what I tried and I didn't feel was so successful. Yes. Right. And so yeah. hopefully they come with that. Like, let's share what works. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, um, you know, we had a successful teaching and learning academy last year. And a lot of things that a lot of times what comes from that is that networking, um, that ability to get together with your colleagues and talking about specifically science or talking about math, um, you're able to pull together, hey, look, this worked for me, and, and I had trouble with this, but this is how I ended up doing it. So get a lot of ideas out there. Right, and this, um, we have not chosen something from Pearson, really, within the county for some, quite some time. Um, and it has really brought some challenges, I think, to the teachers in mm-hmm. what you teach, how you teach things like that. So I think this training will be really good for the teachers um, good. to just kind of see what materials I've inputted myself. Um, some other teachers have given me ideas. And yeah. um, it's hard when nobody comes from that company and says, let us teach you how to teach this. Right. It's, it's just a shift. Here it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Well, sounds like the, the session to attend. Yeah. So, Hope Greg, so. Uh, yes, absolutely. I'm going to attend Greg's. I know that. <laughs> Fantastic. So, the way it is designed, which is so cool, is um, there are three sessions every day, right? Every day is going to start with a keynote right. at um, 8.30. And then there'll be a second session at 10.15, a lunch break, and a third session in the afternoon. And so, teachers can really just design their professional yeah. learning it week. Works for them. If you want to yeah. do one session one day and one session the next, then that's fine. If you want to fill your days, three sessions every day, um, it's really up to you to look at the program. There's so much offered. Our fantastic Wood County teachers have stepped up to offer some really great things, as well as we have some outside presenters coming in. So you can design the week however you want. 
Registration opened May 8th. So teachers, if you are listening and are ready to register, you just need to log into Vector Solutions and search for TLA 23 and all of the wonderful sessions that are planned for this summer's uh, Teaching and Learning Academy will come up for you to register. If you sign up, please also know there's a wait list. So if you happen to log in and look for a session that has filled up, get yourself on the wait list and then keep checking to see. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Greg, Dina, thank you guys so much yeah, for coming in today. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Thank you. Yeah, sharing about your session um, looks really exciting. So we're glad to have you.